everyone and welcome to my blog audio. My name is Jackie Ford and I'm a coach, business consultant, international speaker and trainer and qualified nursing midwife. Please listen, enjoy and don't forget to comment and share if you've found this useful or leave me an email at jackie at jackieford.com. Speak soon. Today I am joined with the lovely Amanda Jones. Now, Amanda to me is one of the most beautiful and colourful characters I have come across in the community that we call the Three Principles community. It's very obvious that Amanda just, she does her thing, she knows who she is, and since coming across this understanding, she's falling even more deeply into that space. And as someone who met her a couple of years ago, I sort of immediately fell in love with her and now I'm absolutely delighted to see the change, the person that I saw coming through rather than the person that she was at the moment. Now, the lovely thing about this podcast is Amanda is going to be launching a book about her journey. Um, And this won't be any ordinary book. This is a book that is really going to help millions of people understand where their experience of life is coming from, especially those of us who have had any issues with anxiety, with eating disorders, and with low self-esteem. I was delighted when Amanda asked me to write, you know, just a comment for the book, because I was blown away by it, by its honesty and its vulnerability. So Amanda, Please, can you tell everybody who you are, what you're doing, and then we'll just get into the interview. Yes, thank you. I it, That was lovely. That was lovely. I'm so happy to be here and so grateful that I can share this with you and, and your listeners. And I am a listener myself, have been from the beginning. <laughs> so I um, am a coach and... Um, I am also coaching in the little school of big change with Amy, and then I have private clients. Um, I recovered from 23 years of eating disorders and depression from this understanding that I talk about in the book and that you share in your work and on the podcast. Um, it, it was years and dec- well, decades of seeking through traditional psychotherapy and psychology and wellness and mindfulness and yoga and everything uh, to try to figure out what was wrong with me, to try to break free from what looked like a life sentence of suffering from um, food and weight and body image issues and depression. And when I came across this understanding, it was something I had never encountered before in all my seeking, which was nothing was wrong, nothing was broken. I had innocently mistaken my reality to be not thought created. And that's kind of a big, a big uh, dis- you know, discrepancy. <laughs> um, so that was the the spark that ignited my freedom was understand beginning to understand and get a feel for where my experience was actually being created from. It wasn't my body. When did that happen, Amanda? What was that like for you? Well, okay, so I googled 
one day, I believe it was around 2013, I Googled how to stop bulimia. Uh, Amy's blogs popped up and I, and I started reading some things and she had started to um, shift her work close, uh, more in line with the, this thing called the three principles. And um, I continued reading it. I went back and forth. I was still very much um, hesitant to jump on the bandwagon of anything that was remotely, um, I, I, I call it in the book, I call it, I thought it was a cult of spirituality at first because it, I was so full up of um, ideas and concepts and do this and you'll recover mm -hmm. and, and none of it worked. So I needed to, I needed to unlearn all, all of that garbage. So I stayed with it. Every, every time I got back to what I was reading and what I was hearing through her work and other people that she would recommend, something resonated that was a constant throughout. And that was, we all have and are born with innate wellness, innate health. There is no habits. There is resilience inborn. There is, we are not contained in our thinking. We are vast and boundless and limitless. And that might sound woo-woo and esoteric at first, but it, the journey to getting to see that was very gentle and loving and it felt good. And what was that Instead like, Amanda? What was that like? Because I know when people first come across this understanding, like you said, they're a bit, oh, this is a bit cult-like. <laughs> it's a bit woo-woo. It's out there, but it really isn't. It's really simplistic. No. And many people talk about, and I've experienced this myself, this gorgeous awakening, but you don't actually know what's happened or when it's changed. So what was this gentleness you're talking about? What happened to you? It was gentle in the sense that I was so used to strategizing and coping and doing exercises and affirmations in order to trick myself into having a different experience or having different thoughts. Mm -hmm that none of that was, and I knew it didn't work, but this, the gentleness was that none of that was necessary. I was, I was constantly being pointed back to, you don't need um, to do something to trick yourself into thinking in a different way. That's not how thought works. So, that that to me felt very gentle and loving and real. It, it was kind of like there's a deeper part of me that knew, yeah, that's that's that feels right. It doesn't feel right to to try to organize and manage an experience that is ephemeral at nature mm -hmm. that I can't grasp hold onto. And that's why none of that stuff ever worked. And that deeper part of you, some people call that wisdom, some people call that gut instinct. Is is that what it felt like? It just felt... <laughs> yeah, it, it felt that feeling that has no words to it. It's just, you, it's deep and below any conceptual ideas of myself or any conditioning that has happened naturally. Mm -hmm. It's a tiny little blip, a sense. Mm -hmm. And see that moment, Amanda, when you started looking in a different direction, 
were you at the stage that many of us are at and it's kind of like I've had enough I'm tired yes yes because that deeper place of me that wisdom whatever you want to call it that true nature essence feeling knew that this couldn't be how life is mm-hmm. this couldn't be right there something is not right here i'm something is gone awry mm-hmm. I, i'm not this isn't how existence is to be experienced like it it just that's why i felt i was done and that i didn't say okay well this is how it's going to be I did at some points and then I would again that little wisdom would bubble up and say you know what there's this isn't right this just this doesn't feel real and true to live like this and to struggle struggle is not a natural part of life no struggle is not natural to um our true nature of who we actually really are it's it's natural to thought Mm-hmm. moment to moment thought struggles all the time but that's where struggle lives in thought you know and it is cute amanda because i'm listening to you and here's this this absolutely gorgeous woman who's speaking to me from a place of calmness and the ability to see before now and after um you know and it's kind of like You've come on a journey, but what was that journey like? Where where was your place? What was that actually like for you, Amanda? What was the point of this is enough? I've had enough. What did that look like? Give us the raw details, Amanda, because this is what you're talking about in your book. And this is what many people, this is the stage they get to. Yeah. The raw, bare bones details were were people around me, including my husband, were starting to be worried about my health. I was, my world was shrinking into only certain activities at certain times, only certain foods at certain times, spending money on binge foods. Um, My world had gotten so small that it didn't feel like I was living anymore. I was just caught in a cycle of uncomfortableness, pressure, and then release. Mm-hmm. Uncomfortable pressure, and then release. It, it, and, and it's just, I just knew that, that I, I could not go on. If this is how life was, I could not go on like that. And, and, and that deeper wisdom part of me was saying, no, this isn't it. This isn't it. Mm-hmm. And what was that like for your mental health, Amanda? Knowing that others cared about you, knowing that others could see what probably you couldn't see or didn't want to see while it was happening? I would oscillate between, oh, nobody understands how I feel. This is real for me. They don't get it. This is actually true. I I am flawed. I, I can't control my food and behaviors. I'm I'm ill. Um, they just, they don't get it. They just want me to eat. I mean, all of that junk. And then to a point where I do want to be there for the ones I love and I want them to be 
proud of me and happy and I want to rejoin my relationships. I want to be present in relation. I want to go to birthday parties with my family. I want to be present again. So it was that oscillation between the two states of mind that kind of got a little quicker. The oscillation got faster. And then it, it kind of jumped a level on to, over to the side of, I'd want to be present now. Mm -hmm. I'm ready. I don't know how that happened or when yeah. or. And I mean, that, that is so beautiful, isn't it? You don't know when it happened because so many people, including me as well, have gone through that journey of you want to lose weight and you try all sorts of various ways to lose weight. Some of them healthy, some of them not so healthy. Um, so that could be classed as eating disorders. And, you know, it's, it's just one of those things that, that people oscillate through through their life. And something I'm always curious about is... I had a conversation with my husband once when I was I was on a, a diet, a proper diet, and I said to him, "Do you not have these voices in your head, Jerry?" <laughs> you know, I, I said, "I've got an awful lot of voices. They tell me to do this and they tell me to do that, and this is what I should do." And he said, "No, I don't have those voices." And for years, until I came across this understanding, I thought I was mad. I thought there was an element of schizophrenia or something in there because these voices told me when to eat and when not to eat and they felt urgent and powerful and controlling. And yeah. so yes. where, where were you on that whole spectrum? Absolutely um, engulfed in those directives from thought. Yeah. Now, I didn't know that those thoughts were arbitrary, bias, conditioned ephemeral nothingness <laughs> I thought they were they were solid and opaque to me they were directives they were something to pay attention to and worthy of further action commands commands right I didn't realize my true essence and my nature who I am who we all are doesn't need to be commanded let alone by something ephemeral by as as nothing thought as, as energy mm -hmm. like, I don't need to be commanded by energy right no, absolutely no, let's take a wee a wee sort of let's go down a wee rabbit hole here Amanda yeah what you're talking about a lot of the people that are listening will understand but probably a lot of them won't you're talking about the rule of thought in life mm -hmm. causing or perceived to be causing human beings issues across the spectrum Okay. Can you explain what the principles are, Amanda, for people, just so they get more of a feel of what you're saying and, and why this was important for you? So the, the principles, as best as I can articulate them, and again, just as an aside, when we say the three principles, that's just a package. That's just a way of using words to explain the wordless in a way that our... Um, our brains can kind of grasp in a weird, small way. So that being said, the principles are one. We use three descriptions, but they are just, they are one. Again, we use, we talk about them as three in order to gain understanding and let the mind kind of take bite-sized pieces and, and get insight. So. 
the the principle of mind is that infinite possibility of creation, uh, energy, whatever happened, whatever was there before the Big Bang, uh, whatever, you can call it nature, you can call it God, you can call it um, whatever that is that isn't us, that I'm not in charge of how the trees grow, or I'm not in charge of my heart beating, regulating my heartbeat. Out of mind, the principle of mind, we have this energy of thought, capital T thought. And that is the creative energy of, um, it's, it's, it's the clay that our personal thinking is molded out of. It's the Play-Doh, it's, um, it's the formless of which our formed thoughts are created from and arise within. And then the principle of consciousness allows us to be conscious of everything, of our existence. There, there, the consciousness is actually awareness. You can call it awareness. It's, it's, it's our um, window on realizing who we really are. We are conscious, we can, we have the potential to be conscious of the principles and therefore conscious of our true nature. Some people talk about consciousness as being the light that illuminates our experience. Um, I'm looking at the screen right now. In my awareness, the screen is in my awareness, but your image of it changes. And so you could say the, the, that the principle of thought is your changing image mm-hmm. on the screen. The screen is consciousness. It is always there in the background pervading the image. I don't see the screen. I'm seeing you. Um, again, it's, it's quite difficult to describe the indescribable, but um, like in the book, I do my best and Words are fumbly and stumbly when you're talking <laughs> about something that is formless, essentially. Mm-hmm. And it's lovely to hear everyone's descriptions of what the principles are because it is what it is to everyone, and everyone has a different way to describe it, but essentially it's exactly the same. Yes. You know, and I just like to say this point that, you know, the principles were first articulated by an ordinary man, a man who didn't have a lot of schooling, who wasn't looking in the direction of self-help to get better, etc. He was a Scottish man, and I always like to put that in there, who went to live in Canada, and his name was Sid Banks. Um, and he just had this, this kind of experience that, you know, he saw through the nature of how we as human beings create our experience of life, which is just what Amanda's described to you all. And then he spent the rest of his life sharing that understanding with, with anybody who would listen, from gurus from India to psychologists, psychiatrists, and, and people who were on you know, the island where he lived in Salt Spring in Canada. There's such hope in this understanding. And as we talk further with Amanda, you'll hear what you know what this hope is. But such hope for humanity that you don't have to be clever to get it. 
You don't have to have a lot of money to get it because there's loads of free resources out there for people to to hop onto or to listen to or to watch. But to understand, as Amanda says, that our experience of life is kind of made up of a compound. You know, in a compound of mind, thought and consciousness, three little things essentially are just one with thought kind of, you know, it's, it's descriptive of our life. It's, you know, I am the sum of everything that I've thought. You know, I have extra pounds in my hips because I thought I want to eat a pie. So, you know, the pounds are <laughs> in my hips. Um, you know, likewise with Amanda, if, if she was having thoughts about, you know, depriving herself of food or, you know, company or whatever, she wears that too. It has an impact on, on who we are. And awareness, awareness is for me is kind of like, it's the torch that shines the light on our experience. It's the the Steven Spielberg, you know, extra special side effects. It just illuminates everything, as Amanda says, and lets you see how life's actually working. And you know, the mind is 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 whatever you want to call it, God, Allah, universal intelligence, you know, the big man in the sky, whatever it is to you. And essentially what Amanda pointed to there was. We don't know what it is. Scientists don't know what it is. I mean, for Pete's sake, they're just catching up in consciousness. So what this understanding does is it takes us to a place before behaviour. And if you think about it, a lot of the modalities for self-help nowadays are looking at the point of behaviour to change. But as Amanda spoke earlier about, she didn't need to go to the behaviour to change. Something changed within her without the behaviour having to be there. So I know as a result of what you've been through and been through in the most beautiful sense, not in a, you know, an uncomfortable sense, Amanda, you know, it's, it, it's, it's lit up your life and you're sharing this understanding, but you wanted to reach a bigger audience. You wanted to help so many other people out there who are going through the same experience that you had, who may be feeling sort of helpless and, you know, they've lost hope and they don't know where to turn and what you've done is you've written a beautiful book called Uncovery. So can you tell us a bit about the book Amanda about how you came to 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 be writing the book when it's going to be launched etc. Yes well I this book wrote itself I'm not I, I never set out to be an author um, or a writer and for that matter. I found something that I never thought I would find, which is something that is true for every human being from the beginning of human beings to the end of human beings. Something that is true across the board, whatever you're struggling with, if you're not struggling. Uh, I never thought I would find something that would help everybody, no matter what they're against. And the implications of finding that in this understanding for me were freedom from my eating disorder and my depression. And so that kind of sparked my inspiration to write the book because I had, I knew this was real. I knew this was, this was truth. I had finally uncovered what was true, not what was true 98% of the time, but 100% of the time, and that's freedom. Freedom isn't 98% of the time. That's not real freedom. 
So I started writing the book. Um, it wrote itself. I say that because it was just very, I just felt like the grounding I had at the time that I was writing it was solid enough to be able to articulate in a way that would be uh, reachable to readers. Now, that's my assumption. I don't know. <laughs> okay, grounding, Amanda. That's that's a term we use in this community. What is grounding okay. to you? Okay, so my understanding, my um, knowing with a capital K, my absolute, this is how it works. This is, I, I have found a solid understanding of how my experience is being created. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was, my understanding was, was grounded enough in knowledge, not intellect or belief or faith, but knowledge that I could, I felt like I could write the book for others. Mm -hmm. Now you don't have to be grounded or understanding, uh, you know, deep, enough that's pretty arbitrary but it, for me I felt I didn't make a decision that okay I now I'm grounded enough I can write a book <laughs> it just happened <laughs> it just it just happened mm -hmm. so um I wrote the book I went all in with professional editing professional cover design um I wanted to do it right I I want, if it, even if one person reads it and hears something new and, and is inspired to look in a different direction than the direction they've been taught to look for so many years, that will be worth it to me. Mm -hmm. Because we have been conditioned to look in the wrong direction, mm -hmm. completely backwards. That's all, just mm -hmm. backwards. <laughs> so, yeah. No, I, I love that, Amanda, because, I mean, what, what you're describing there is you've gone from searching to find out how life works to actually knowing how life works. Yes. yes. Yeah. So, so, so you get to that point. Knowing. Mm -hmm. Yes. You, you get to that point where you don't feel you need to search anymore in exactly. that sort of crazy, fearful way. And you yes. settle into this place of lovingly guiding yourself from one place to another to find out what you need to know. And now... So searching, so seeking to finding to knowing is not the end. Mm -hmm. What I have found for myself after the knowing part is now an exploration of deepening that knowing mm -hmm. of infinite levels of knowing this that keep surprising me in the most beautiful ways of something, I'll, I'll be surprised about something I thought I already had insight into earlier. Mm -hmm. I'll see it deeper all of a sudden and, and whoa, oh, I thought I already saw that. Nope. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow. So it's, it's, again, like you said, it's not a fearful seeking, grasping, searching anymore. It's a fun, playful exploration from a place of peace mm -hmm. and well-being, knowing that I am well with no conditions on that mm -hmm. i am peace itself mm -hmm. and from that place i can go explore anywhere i can i can look at any other teaching 
or modality and play and mm-hmm. explore and be open to everything with no conditions on it, no grasping. Mm-hmm. So just imagine, Amanda, just, you know, sort of to give people an idea, you're coaching someone who is in the middle of a thought storm. Um, they're not eating. They don't want to eat. They're scared to put weight on. They're getting pressure from their parents, you know, that they're being forced to see psychologists and psychiatrists. And they're in a really, really sort of tumultuous place in their life. How would you coach someone like that, Amanda? I am coaching someone like that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, my my goal, if you could call it a goal, or my own sharing starts with pointing them back to themselves that they actually already know who they are, what they are, how to eat, um, what they need. Um, and then highlighting and trying to get them to um, recognize in their own way for themselves, what the role of thought is playing in their every existence moment to moment. And we keep, I keep pointing back to that, to that, to that, you know, that the thoughts of restriction and starving are so powerful for, for these um, clients that I used, I used different metaphors. I used different words, different pointers to allow them to somehow see thought without its costume of a monster on it, to see it naked as thought, as a flowing energy that is not harmful, is not a problem, and can't control or direct them to do anything. And it's a very, you know, everybody is very different in learning this. And I obviously tailor it to the specific client to hear, you know, our relationship is more of a sharing friendship relationship. I don't know anything more than they know they know everything I know already. We're uncovering that for them, recognizing it. Like you have to, sometimes you need to, you see somebody you haven't seen in a long time and it, you look at their face and you, you take a moment because you're re-recognizing them, but you already know them. Mm-hmm. So that's, the specifics of what I say to a client is, is tailored to them but I essentially what occurs to me to start with usually is waking them up to the fact that thought creates their reality and what and what thought actually is Mm -hmm. because everybody has knows I know I think I know what thoughts are well no you don't because look here's an example of what you thought was real mm-hmm. and then it wasn't in the next moment. What do mm-hmm. you make of that? What, you know, all the discrepancies that could pop up, the illogic that thought throws our way. Highlighting those things helps people to notice the arbitrary nature of thought mm-hmm. and that it can't be relied upon 
to direct their actions or their behaviors. Mm -hmm. If it's constantly moving and changing, you can't rely on that. You can't stick your flag in that. Stick your your flag in that. I like that. (laughs) I just did, you know, um, Armstrong on the moon there, putting his flag on the moon. It's, a, it's an ephemeral. There's no. It has no legs to it. Yeah. yeah, it's ephemeral. So, yeah. I mean, I know when I work with clients who have eating disorders, Amanda. You know, the first thing that I always like to point them to, and I'm sure you do this too, is letting them know that they're okay. They're in a safe yeah. space, and uh, you know that the, the, the feeling, and it's a lot of what you do and a lot of what I do is not in the words that we use it's in the feeling that we are you know using within our 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 context as coaches um and illuminators helping people see the role of mind thought and consciousness in their lives and helping to waken them up to that and I think that's it's a beautiful gift to be able to give people especially when you know when you suffer from when you have suffered from the same disorder as the people who are, you know, in in touch with you. So you understand exactly what's going on in their heads. But with this kind of work, you can work with anybody because it's, it's the theme of the principles is common to absolutely every human soul cuts across race, color, gender, age, intellect, et cetera, et cetera. We all operate from the same space. And when you're working with a client and you're sharing that with them, it helps them understand that they're not crazy, that, you know, that they're not mad, that they're... Exactly. See, that's beautiful, Amanda. And I'm sorry, I cut across you there. Could you say that again, please? They're not an exception. Yeah. That is huge. Mm. At first, the ego comes up and says, yes, I am an exception. There's something wrong. I'm special, blah, blah, blah. And then that quiets down. Mm-hmm. Once you start to understand, no, you're not an exception. You are the limitless, boundless universe of everything. (laughs) And you work the way everybody else works. That's good Mm -hmm. news. That means once you deepen your understanding and you wake up more and more, all of the, the false attachments and identities and stories crumble. Mm-hmm. without you having to have a strategy to crumble them with. I never set out to be a coach because I didn't, again, this is like the book. I didn't think there was something that would apply, apply, mm-hmm. air quote, to everybody. And you just said it yourself. This I can talk to anybody about this, no matter what they are up against, because we are only up against one thing. Mm-hmm. Thought. I know. That doesn't look like. No, I know. And that, and that's just because we've, we know, innocently been educated or conditioned to think that life works in a completely different way. For me, this understanding is it's the next phase in evolution of. Yeah. human understanding or human consciousness you know and, and my lovely husband is is into science and I know that Amanda and I love science fiction and all this kind of thing so <laughs> Jenny was explaining to me as well the other day that about sort of 
the evolution of the brain and how the brain's changing and how now the brain has a coating that's just very, very thin that is, 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 is it holds our, you know, sort of ideas of self and, you know, who we think we are and what's changing and scientists are just figuring all of this out. But what I love about this understanding is throughout, oh God, all time, all time, people have known this. They've got glimpses of it. They've forgotten it. They get glimpses of it. They forget it. Mm-hmm. But I want to bring that back down, Amanda, to your experience of eating disorders, understanding this experience. Now, very, very, no, no I'm not going to say anything. You tell me, you came across this experience. Was that you 100% okay? When I came across it? No. Tell, tell me more. Rephrase that question. I Okay, so you you come across this understanding of the three principles and you said that things changed for you effortlessly. You didn't go about trying to change anything. Um, But did everything change, Amanda? Was it kind of like the magic wand? No, and this is my favourite part about this whole thing is that the old paradigm of recovering from something like eating disorders or, or addiction or habits is that um, the behaviors must stop before you are okay. And that's backwards. You can't, you can't look at the behavior. The behaviors are the after effect of misunderstanding where your experience is being generated from. Absolutely. They're after the, the fact the cookies are already out of the oven. Mm-hmm. It's like, don't look there. So when I came across this, I had that knowing, I had that big first insight. And the fan kept spinning. When you turn off a fan, the blades keep spinning for a while. That meant my behaviors still were going on, the binging, purging, starving sometimes. They still happened, but I, it wasn't a problem. <laughs> it sounds so insane, but I knew the change was occurring under the surface. It was at a deep, insightful level. And the behaviors would catch up to the story. They would catch up to the program. Mm-hmm. And they did. Anytime I found myself starting to chip away at the behaviors, because, I, you know, of course you want them to go away. But anytime I started to chip away at them, I would feel that tension and pressure. Mm-hmm. And it would be my alert signal to back off and drop back down into where the change was actually happening, which was below the surface of thought, below my grasping and trying and um, searching for change. The, that feeling, that pressure, that wanting, that uncomfortableness wasn't telling me that I was bad or wrong or did something wrong. It was telling me I had a bunch of thinking that looked real and I was buying into it. Mm -hmm. And then having a behavior Mm -hmm. to try to feel better. But that becoming more and more visible. Yes. 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 And so if, if I did have an episode of eating disordered behavior, it felt different. It, it wasn't, it wasn't like I was, I was making a choice to harm myself, but it was more of this is what is real in my thinking at the moment. And it's the best I can see to do mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And that's how it works. 
And that's so gentle, isn't it? There's a grace in that. It's kind of like, this is where I am. I really don't know what's happening, but I'm starting to see it more and more clearly. I mean, I've often seen people come across this understanding who are trying to lose weight, get fatter. (laughs) Because, you know, they're seeing their role of thought and, and they're not quite seeing it clearly enough and they're following it. And the same with people who are trying to eat more because they don't want to eat. It's just this, it's not that they get Obviously, they're going to become a healthier weight, but the everything becomes clearer in the time frame that it's meant to become clearer for them. It's something interesting. So, someone I'm working with with anorexia right now, mm. um, she is desperate for insight, mm. and she verbalizes that all the time. And I mean, it, it bless her heart. It's she's so ready for this but she's afraid to eat. And what we explored together was your, the activity of your eating will bring you insight after you eat. You'll have insight about eating as you're eating. If if you've slammed the door on the eating and have turned away from the fear, running away from it, the insight around how to get more comfortable with eating will be on will be harder to reach Mm -hmm. in other words to have insight around food and eating it's a good idea to eat yeah and it's it's like we always say show up you've got to show up you've got to be in the game to experience the game and the game is life you know when I speak to my clients um Amanda it's even food shopping or food preparation um food cooking you know it's it's all an invitation to see something new and fresh in the moment as you become aware of the fact that you think the fact that you put your awareness on the thoughts that you're having and that your thoughts pass they just go it's kind of like a craving was it 90 seconds and a craving disappears or is it sooner i have no idea yeah i think I it's don't know. But the, but the thing with the urge is like for a binge, an urge to binge, that has fallen into a case of mistaken identity, poor mm-hmm. thing. <laughs> Tell us more. What does that mean? Because, I love this, the, that urge is not telling you that you need to eat or go shopping online or go gamble. It's alert. It doesn't know about those things. Feelings don't know about food or those shoes on Amazon.com, right? They don't know. Disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) What feelings know is they're they're, they're the other side of their own coin, which is thought. So when you have an urge, it looks like it's telling you to go eat or shop. But it's, it doesn't know about those things. What it's telling you is that you have thought a bunch of thinking in your head right now that has built pressure mm-hmm. and you're not allowing it to be there. You're resisting it. And the more you resist it being there, the worse it feels. Mm-hmm. It's a case of mistaken identity. Mm-hmm. Anxiety feelings is like are like that too. Anxiety is not telling you for the anorexic. It's not telling her that if she eats, she will, something bad will happen to her. Mm -hmm. 
anxiety is telling her when she's going towards her meal and she's having anxiety, it's telling her she has been believing that food can harm her and thoughts are real. It's the system waking her up, waking her up, wake, and it's going to get stronger and stronger and stronger until she wakes up. But if mm -hmm. you don't know this, it's going to be painful mm -hmm. and you're going to suffer. That's beautiful, Amanda. And it's, again, something I say to my clients is when we're in that thought storm, we're actually looking for a different feeling. And we think that the food, the shopping, you know, all, all of that can bring us that different feeling. And it maybe does, but it's only ever temporary. It doesn't last. That's right. That's right. You know? and, and you do your best. You do your best in the moment. But knowing that there is a, a place where the relief and peace resides that is not temporary is, a, is, is really helpful when you are in that place where you, the best you can do is get temporary. Yeah. Um, I mean, Amanda, I mean, what advice would you give to your younger self? You know, that's a funny question. Um, I wouldn't give her any advice because I, I wouldn't want to take away her suffering because her suffering brought her here to this. Yeah, that's beautiful. Beautiful, amazing awakening mm -hmm. I don't consider myself enlightened or anything like that but I am awake to who I am and I keep waking up more and more and more mm -hmm. so I the part of me wants to protect her and 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 say give her advice but honestly that's what just occurred to me is that I wouldn't change anything mm -hmm. and that's beautiful because that's the acceptance of we are all on our own journeys and every experience we have teaches us what we can then share in the world. It makes us become the person that we are meant to be. And yeah, we all have shitty things happen to us. Sometimes things happen to us that totally suck. But at the end of the day, it's all experience. And there is no such thing as a good or a bad experience. It's all just experience there to teach us, there to help us evolve and grow and move on. Now, Amanda, I've really, really enjoyed this conversation. Can you tell us when the book's coming out, what it's called, and um, your hope for it? Well, I have, my hopes are set on it being released February 28th, 2018. The title is Uncovery. A new understanding behind radical freedom from eating disorders and depression. It will be available on Amazon. Um, there will be a print copy and a Kindle copy as well, an ebook copy. My hope for the book is to awaken people to who they really are and in as far as that is out of my control completely, I still want to put my hat in the ring and see if I can shine a light and point someone or shift them just a degree mm -hmm. into looking in this direction for themselves. And how can people get in touch with you, Amanda? I have, a, my website will be launched around the time the web, the book is out and that, um, 
is uncoverispace.com. It -hmm. is not launched yet. As of now, anybody can reach me at uncoverispace at gmail.com. That's beautiful. Thanks, Amanda. I've really enjoyed speaking with you, as always, my love. And I wish you every success with the book. And I hope it touches many people's lives because it really is a lovely, lovely book. Thank you so much for having me. I love you dearly. And I'm so grateful to have this opportunity to to speak to everybody and share. Thanks, Amanda. Thank you.